Copen and Copenhagen, Copen and Copenhagen, Copen and Copenhagen, Copen and Copenhagen. This is a podcast about hanging out in Copenhagen. You do? You mean? Hello and welcome to the Sex Shop Podcast, Coming Coming Again on 97.7 FM. My name, it's Owen, and your name is Marius. Did you know there's a Danish song? Is it Danish? Yeah. I think it is Danish, yeah. Marius, Marius, når du kommer hjem skal vi have det så rart. Marius, Marius. Why don't you sing that all the time? I don't know. That's such a wonderful song. What a wonderful song. You're listening to Six Show Podcast, Copenhagen, Copenhagen. Uh, it's a modern guide to living in the city of Copenhagen. It's 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 a it's a look at life in Denmark. Yes. It's it's a discussion on Scandinavia. Wow. It's 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 a it's 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 anything we want to 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 shine to a light bring, on. Yeah, to shine a light on. And Marius, you're the man with the torch. What do we shine on the light on today? Well, uh, let me turn it on. Oh, uh, nice. Oh, sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on the show today, uh, we'll kick it off with the, the news roundup. Uh, we have uh, three uh, hot stories from the press. Um, something about uh, uh, travel being uh, possible. Okay. Yes. Something about uh, Lego suing a, a, a gun manufacturer. Again. Again. <laughs> classic Lego. <laughs> and uh, you can now buy a, sh- a hammerhead shark on uh, DBA, <laughs> which is the blue newspaper where you can buy uh, used stuff. You can buy a blue used it's, hammerhead sorry, is shark. The, sorry, is this the news? Is that the news now? Did you just we just did it. Just, no. <laughs> Those with the headlines. I'm trying with headlines right, to sort okay, of okay. capture people's attention. Okay. Yes. Yeah. It's a hook, Owen. It's a hook. I, oh, I believe to catch it. a shark. Hey. hey. <laughs> also on the show we yeah. have um, um, Andrew Julius uh, Bende, uh who's uh, Ugandan and uh, who's uh, yeah lived here for uh, I believe it was uh, um, uh, 11 years exactly and uh, he started an NGO called Civil Connections and uh, you have collaborated with him on a on a podcast project called Coming to the Nordics yeah uh, where we're talking about or he's talking about uh, talking with immigrants and sort of yeah their stories of coming to the Nordics mm. and uh, sort of what is what is the narrative around that um, and uh, yeah sort of immigration or should it be called inclusion Ooh. Ooh. and uh, then we got some hot tips and and that is uh, what we're shining a light on on today's pod wow all right okay I already feel more illuminated Ooh. Uh, let's get into it you're on sick yash 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 well um, as I mentioned um We've seen a slight sort of surge in uh, in 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 COVID. Um, maybe, probably, most likely due to the cost that we've just had um, sort of all these uh, Euro Cup matches, and there's been a lot of sort of gatherings of people. So yeah. th- there's been a slight sort of uh, surge, mm-hmm. um, which could uh, sort of um, make people a little bit uh, nervous about any potential travel plans they have. Because yes. it's not just here in Denmark. Obviously, this uh, European Cup was all over Europe. Yeah. Um, My plans have already gone to shit. Have they? Yeah. Oh. No joking. I, I've, I've booked flights and I can't use them. Oh, no. Yeah. Where, what? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, here's maybe some good news. Oh, in in that. Uh, You're gonna get my money back. Uh, no, uh. <laughs> but um, the foreign ministry—they're um, uh, predicting 
uh, that sort of it will be open to travel across most of Europe this summer, uh, despite of this uh, slight surge. Okay. Um, Uh, uh, Henrik Brugger Rasmussen, uh, the chief operating officer from the foreign ministry, uh, feels certain, um, especially like Malta. Malta was uh, sort of a, a, they've been in the green for a, a long time, and it's a popular travel destination for a lot of Danes. Um, and uh, they have now uh, sort of um, made it uh, the for- forbid, for- forbade, forbode, for- forbid, forbid, forbid. Uh, forbode. Forbode. Anyone uh, over the age of 12 who hasn't been fully vaccinated from entering the country now. Oh. Um, but, yes, uh, however, uh, Eck, uh, from uh, sort of the chief operating officer of the foreign ministry, feels certain that Malta's decision will not create sort of a domino effect of travel restrictions for the rest of Europe. Um, I'm quoting him here. Uh, I can't imagine something like that would happen. I think people will be able to travel openly throughout the most of Europe during the summer. Um, and uh, his his reasoning for that is that um, a lot of these uh, big countries like Greece, Spain, Italy, uh, they direly need tourism to to flourish, yeah. uh, and it's unlikely that they will close their borders down uh, simply because around 20% of their these countries' uh, GDP comes from tourism, and uh, their economy wouldn't be able to 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 basically hold. Mm-hmm. So. You could sort of maybe say, well, yeah. <laughs> So it's not so much about uh, COVID uh, no. not rising, uh, no, no, no. But it's, it's more about the uh, yeah GDP. They need the money. Yeah, yeah, they need the money. Yeah. <laughs> um, however, he does also sort of recommend that um, you keep sort of a close sort of pay attention and check whatever country's website you've decided to travel to. Sort of mm. keep updating yourself because yeah. shit might happen. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, you're talking about talking about holidays. Mm. Yeah. All right. So last week. It was crazy with football and everything. Just the city was alive, right? Yep. Um, Monday morning felt like you ever. You've seen 28 weeks later, right? Or 28 days later? Yeah. The, yeah. 28, 28 days, days later. Yeah. yeah. And then they did weeks later. But 28 days later, where he wakes up and he just like he's alone in the hospital. Then he goes out in the street and it's empty and everything. Mm-hmm. That's what it felt like this Monday <laughs> when I was going to work. It was like. The streets were desolate. Yeah, everybody's gone. Everybody's gone. <laughs> I don't know what, but like, it, are they all going to summer houses or what's the story? Probably, probably yeah. summer houses, and uh, yeah, maybe a few people made it to Malta uh, before uh, they before down. they closed down again. Yeah. <laughs> but it's crazy. The whole city. I, I love it. I love a really quiet, sunny city. It's so nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it can really. It's the same like they're in Roskilde, which yeah, it's not happening. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's what I was feeling. It was like that's the vibe I was getting. It was like Roskilde or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So. It's not that bad. <laughs> uh, in other news, oh yeah, uh, Lego. Um, um, they are suing uh, the U.S. weapons manufacturer Culper Precision because um, they made um, they made a gun mm. that uh, very much looks like a sort of a, like a Lego gun. Yeah, like it's a real real gun. It's called the Block 19, which is a wordplay on the Glock. 19 mm-hmm. uh, but uh, it has now been stopped after the company was approached by uh, Lego's lawyers um, um, yeah Lego was saying we've been in contact with Culver Precision and uh, they've agreed to remove the product from their uh, website and to not produce or sell any similar products in the future the Lego group bet uh, you it's going to be like a Meccano Meccano gun remember Meccano it was like the Lego but with metal no it's like this like it was like it was Oh, Mini yeah, little like yeah. little screws and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure, a lot of people just choked on that. <laughs> uh, 
according to uh, this is from the Washington Post, uh, Lego's uh, attention was drawn to the matter after outrage from several uh, anti-gun activist groups. Um, this Lego Glock is an actual thing you can buy, uh, build, and shoot. Uh, honestly, build? yeah, you could like. If, I think that was part of it. Sort of, you can. Oh my god! Really? So it just it wasn't just looking like because it really really looks like Lego. Yeah, I mean, it really looks, looks like. But yeah. it's actually you put it together. Yeah, I don't know how if it's how I, I'm guessing it's like a few bits of it. Uh, it's I'm, not actually like buying a, a, a Lego set and putting it together and you have a gun. The article doesn't specify that, but it, there was an element of building it yourself. Jesus, um, that's fucked. <laughs> yeah, Sorry, that's so messed up. Designing a gun to look like a toy, like yeah. children's toys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I know a lot of people like adults buy Lego too, but it it, it like it's it's a kid's toy to it, like first and foremost. I mean, yeah, yeah. Fuck it now, that's weird. Um, but yeah, uh, in a in a, a tweet uh, uh, now deleted on the website, uh, Culture uh, Precision uh, explained uh, its intention with the uh, blo- uh, Block 19 was uh, when it was released. And this is this was their um, sort of explanation. There is a satisfaction that can only be found in the shooting sports, and this is just one small way to break the rhetoric from anti-gun folks and draw attention to the fact that shooting sports are super fun. The company proclaimed. <laughs> uh, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! We built Glock 19 to create an opportunity to talk about the enjoyment of the shooting sports and the joy that can be only found in markmanship. It wrote. Far <laughs> out, yes, man. Yes. Uh, according Far to the company uh, owner Brandon Scott, the Block 19 uh, Block 19 had been on the market for a short time, and less than 20 copies had been sold. But it's also just following like uh, a lot of uh, accidents involving children and guns in the states. Yeah. Um, records show that 166 children under the age of 11 have been killed accidentally by firearms in uh, 2021. What? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. So. Uh, and then you design a gun to look like a toy. Yeah, it makes me think of fucking uh, Sacha Baron Cohen. He did this when he he his a character he did that was this Israeli. Um, sort oh, of yeah. special service uh, forces kind of guy. Who, yeah, he did this mini uh, TV series and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, where he had this these products that are some kind of Republican politician, I can't oh. remember who it was. It's like the, prom- like promoting kitty guns, basically. <sighs> like right, like how cute they were. But but that's an actual thing also. Like yeah. I've, s- I've seen some of these ads like for like jeweled bejeweled small handguns wow. you know and like yeah cute handguns like accessorized with a gun yeah wow, wow. it's just so sick it's just oh, wow. so fucking sick it's just it's just there's there's a very big divide between look it's a it's a big conversation but like it it's it, it I, when i see a gun mm. i see a weapon to kill only mm. thing i see yeah only thing i see is that that thing is designed to kill or main a, a, a person or an animal, right? Mm. And especially handguns, I think person. Yeah. A rifle, you know, a, a hunting gun, you, a shotgun, you can think something else, but handguns you see designed to kill humans. 
Yeah. Right? I mean, it's, and that's just the way I view it, 100%. Like, it won't change my That head. was also the intention. It's not good for, like, people don't go hunting with a handgun. No, exactly. <laughs> like, I remember I remember having a discussion with somebody once about, you know, the importance of um, the right to bear arms and, like, to defend their house and what if an animal came in. It was like, sure, but why would you need, like, a Desert Eagle 5.0 with, that doesn't have a handprint on it so you can, like, you don't leave fingerprints on it? Mm. Why does that save you from a bear? I mean, yeah, yeah. You could, like, that, that you just to have a, a gun like a, a shotgun or something but anyway it's just strange it's just mm. and that's just the way my brain is but there are people out there who don't see it that way you know yeah yeah and yeah and I, I mean there's a lot of hi- off, his, history <laughs> in it also and like I can to some extent understand sort of a part of a part of sort of the, the but by the way we we've in my head now I've I've kind of taken this conversation to America yeah clearly. yeah all right so like like I I'm It's just gone there from from where the products that we're talking about and everything. So so mm. just to be clear, yeah. yeah. But yeah, and it's, it's a big debate, and and that's probably not what we should get into Swiss, here. Swiss Swiss don't want to give away their guns, though. Swiss, no, yeah, Swiss, Switzerland, Swiss same, same. Most armed, yeah. Uh, capital, I think, is yeah, it? I think that's yeah. correct, actually. Um, mm. But they, I don't think they have a high sort of. They don't. I don't know. Uh, shootings and shootings stuff. Shootings and no, no. yeah, stuff like that. No. Uh, it's definitely also a cultural thing in the states, like yeah, that that. And I, 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 I don't know in Swiss, but I'm guessing it's there's less of sort of a, I don't know, are there any restrictions or rules around like what kind of guns you can have? Maybe I'm there not are. Sure. Yeah, I'm but, not sure. Yeah, yeah, um, but uh, good on Lego. <laughs> <laughs> more and more a fan of Lego. <laughs> Great toy, and uh, yeah. yeah, they're now taking down uh, weapons manufacturers. I mean, yeah, yeah. What's not to like? Yeah. Finally, Owen, have you ever uh, have you ever wanted to own a, a hammerhead shark? Don't mess with me. You know that's my dream. <laughs> well, now you can. What? For uh, a mere seven uh, hundred and some forty six thousand kroners, <laughs> you can buy a hammerhead shark called Harry. What a bargain! It's used. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, there's a there's a story floating around about uh, the Blue Planet. If, oh, floating a, with a like, nice little fun there. Yeah, <laughs> completely unintended. Um, uh, there's a, a story floating around that uh, the Blue Planet, which the is the the sort of new, it's not that new anymore, but a, an aquarium built within the last 10 years, I believe, uh, out in Ama, um, they're struggling financially, like a lot of cultural inst- institutions. Mm-hmm. Um, But they have they have like a they have a very high electrical bill, for example, because they have to like have these massive tanks and keep the eels charged. Yeah, exactly. The, Mostly for the, the electric, eels. The electric yeah. eels. Uh, and they they've been of course hit hard by the restrictions and COVID and all of this. Um, and uh, they're now like I I haven't I haven't to be honest I haven't been able to find the article. It was behind a paywall. Um, and, so, you're, and you're and you're cheap. Prefer, <laughs> and I'm cheap. I'm cheap. <laughs> No, it's a newspaper I didn't want to support. Right. Uh, to be quite frank, um, but uh, if you go onto the blue uh, DBA, which is the blue uh, newspaper, the mm-hmm. blue avise, uh, where you can buy used things, where people are selling whatever you know, the old IKEA furniture, yeah. uh, a tie, uh, record <laughs> player, whatnot, yeah. um, you can now see uh, a long list of of of, of uh, yeah different fish. Do you have it there? I have it here. Can I see? Yeah. <laughs> like you can buy everything from tiny prawns and It's like tiny that fish goes out to like 25 krone, 15 krone. Yep, yep. 40 buy an, 400. Like there's some sea 
otters. I think they're 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 going for a, a miller pop. A miller pop for the ot. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like I I I'm I'm not hundred percent sure this is true that you can actually buy it. I'm, I have a suspicion it could also be some kind of try and doing some kind of awareness campaign. Because surely there weird. has to be some kind of restriction. You can't just buy a hammerhead shark. Surely you've got <laughs> to be able to say, "Oh yeah, I have a tank for it," yeah. and uh, you know I'm gonna treat it well. Well, <laughs> like I mean, there I must be. Know, uh, I don't know. Surely, and uh, I don't know exactly how big a hammerhead shark is, but you know it's not your your normal tiny aquarium that you just have in your living room. No, you can't just like put it in, put it in the bath. Yeah. Uh, i don't, but like, I would have because th- I when I heard the story, I was like, "What? No way!" They like surely there's this sort 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 of like uh, agreement between aquariums and like zoos always like swap out like the pandas in Copenhagen Zoo are like on loan from China, right? Mm. I mean, surely there's some sort of an agreement that like these types of creatures need specific like care and locations. Yeah, yeah. but then. If you pay a million for an otter, that's your fucking otter. I mean, you can keep it in the back shed if you want. I mean, like I don't, I don't know. No, I'm so confused by this. Yeah, it's a very, it's very confusing. Uh, But then, are they closing? Are they, are they closing? They're, they're definitely up shit creek without a <laughs> uh, an otter now, <laughs> uh, or they're struggling financially anyway. Um, whether you can actually buy these or it's some clever uh, or uh, poor. Uh, A campaign to sort of create awareness. Got, I think we got to look further into this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is. I'll, I'll see if I can find a. a All right, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Either, either, either. Either we. Otter. 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 We get to the bottom of this, or you buy a fish. Yeah. <laughs> right. Next week, either you have a clear understanding of what's happening with otters being sold on uh, Blue Book, or you buy one of those fish. Oh my God. All right. What am I gonna do if I buy a fish? I don't have an aquarium. But you can buy one. Get an aquarium. Get. You don't have to get one of the. My friend had an get a shark, aquarium, just... and it was fascinating at first. But then these fish just started, you know, killing each other. What? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Because he was just. Def- ag- that's an aggressive type of fish, though, right? You can't just be like. But there was a cichlid, cichlida, or something like that, and they were apparently they were like quite aggressive. So eventually, it was just like. Sort of this deathmatch <laughs> arena he just had, <laughs> you know, survival of the fittest. Yeah. And then once one of the fish had killed all the others, it got depressed and died on its own because oh, it man. had no buddies now. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it was just it was just horrible. It was Look, just torture for these poor fish. You know, so I'm like, you're you're not talking your way out of it. You're buying a fish next week. If you don't <laughs> if you don't have the answer, you're buying like one of the one of the twenty five crone ones, right? Not not you're, I'm, not, I'm not talking about a shark. I'm you talking get like about like seven prawns for ten <laughs> kroners. I think it was. Yeah, we'll have a barbecue. We'll have a barbecue. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Them the news. <laughs> Them the news, yep, uh, yep. but yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah. I mean, I'm very curious. So um, uh, here at ICC, CIC, mm-hmm. we um, we actually I don't know what the the the, the, the um, segue is going to be. So I'll just say you're uh, a fish out of water. I'm a hey, <laughs> yeah, you get out of here. You get out of here. It's some just swims. I don't know. Um, right. So uh, I had the pleasure you crawl your way out of here. <laughs> You crab now. Uh. <laughs> uh, I I I I own had the pleasure of working um, uh, over the last year, uh, being a kind of a, 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 a 
audio advisor to an NGO mm-hmm. called Civil Connections. And Civil Connections um, is uh, founded and run by a gentleman called Andrew Julius Bende. And he had a fantastic project idea called Coming to the Nordics. No. Pretty straightforward thing, but it's quite in-depth. Right? The idea is to do interviews with uh, migrants who have come to Denmark, Sweden and Norway. And uh, we have the the, the 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 I think it's going to be thirty episodes, and it's going to be everyone from like Middle East, Africa. It's like there's going to be quite an array of of of, of places and, and stories yeah. and like backgrounds. Cool. Um, but it, we wanted to talk to first off. I wanted to promote the fact that this project's com- like coming to a head, and it's going to be we're going to be um, promoting it here on the podcast. We're going to put con- uh, links to the episodes when they start coming out. Uh, but also, I wanted to talk to Andrew uh, about the project itself, uh, how he came up with it. And he has a very interesting idea of integration. Yeah, or immigration. Or immigra- immigrants yeah. coming and, and integrating and what, and is that actually the correct word to use? Yeah. Uh, and uh, he's quite a fascinating gentleman to talk to. So we got him online. Uh, he couldn't come into the studio because he's at... He's on a in, in a high school Which is which is uh yeah a type of school that where you don't get a diploma or anything but you can go for a week or you can go for months well, and you can uh, sort of uh, yeah uh, immerse yourself in some kind of uh, arts or learn a language or something like that. What's the, what's the adult version? There's an adult version where you can go off and learn for six months. High school is for adults and for it's mostly really? for adults. I ah, would say. okay. It's like typically families and or like my mom would go to high school. Oh, yeah, okay, uh, so it is high school every All summer. Right. Every summer, so, yeah. Ah. Anyway, that's not the point. Point was uh, Andrew uh, uh, took some time out of his uh, busy schedule to talk to us, and uh, we started off talking about uh, what he's actually learning up at high school with his family. Mm-hmm. But this this one this one is one week where you you have for example this week we have had four lines you have uh, the music line you have the nature uh, line and then you have the talk and eat and make food line then you have uh... <laughs> that's a good line <laughs> yeah that that's a really good one uh, and and then you have yoga uh, and wellness and then you you have the child group uh, we want to talk about. Coming to the Nordics, your podcast project, which talks to migrants who've moved to Norway, Sweden, and Denmark. But can we start off about talking about how you came to the Nordics, Andrew? Uh, how you found yourself here and how you ended up uh, finding your NGO, Civil Connections? I mean, um, we are talking about 11 years ago uh, when I came here. And I came here because my I we, I, I, mean, I fell in love with the Tenshikal. Uh, we were working together in Uganda. Uh, fell in love, decided to get married, and then uh, a child was on the way. And then we decided to, she actually decided to move to Denmark because she wasn't uh, very sure about the health system for our child. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the idea was to come and stay for six months and we returned to Uganda where we had uh, established a life. Uh, But then, you know, when you become a parent and you look your child in the face and you look at what Denmark is offering, then you say, well, then I choose Denmark, then we stay a little longer. Yeah. You know, I came one month before my son was born. Mm -hmm. And that meant that my whole head was fixed on the arrival of our child and taking care of the family and ETC. Um, And I came in the middle of December. So I also arrived in in a period of festivities. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember one of the most weird things do, to do was to dance around the Christmas tree. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that was kind of uh, because you don't you you dance but you don't dance around so it was like kind of a chant because <laughs> like we was we were, we were chanting and uh, doing witchcraft. <laughs> <laughs> but it was lovely. And the thing is, is is then you all also have in Uganda you have a lot of respect for your in-laws, but then they were also there and they were dancing and uh, hugging and exchanging presents and so that was really really. Uh, a shock but also really interesting to see um uh, and of course the weather was terrible uh, <laughs> too cold when you're used to 20 25 degrees average then that was that was a shocker yeah and i remember the first the first uh, three months i was continuing continually asking my wife when is it summer <laughs> <laughs> when, you know yeah. when is it summer then January comes and our child is, uh, comes in on the 20th and then I'm asking, when is it summer? Mm. Uh, and then March comes and then, when is it summer? <laughs> and then some, some sun comes in March and says, yeah, eventually. <laughs> then the next day you wake up and the shit snowing. Yeah? <laughs> it snows in April all of a sudden. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. So when did you uh, start actually feeling uh, a part of Denmark and feeling uh, integrated uh, and invested? Uh, I, I mean, I think that when when Ty was born, my son, and I looked in his face and I could see that he needed me and he needed the family. And if I had to choose between the two countries, Uganda or Denmark, then I would choose Denmark mm-hmm. for his survival and assurance on a good life, mm. then I think it was automatic from his birth that I wanted to make a life here for him. Okay. Uh, now, in, in, not because I had planned to stay forever, because I was thinking, okay, then he becomes 18 at some point, or maybe he's 15 and he doesn't even want to see me because he's playing his game. Uh, <laughs> then I can, <laughs> then I can return to Uganda. Mm. But then, but by making that decision, I already knew that I needed to invest myself in his country, in his culture. Uh, so I threw myself onto language. I I mean, I came in 29, end of 20, 2009, and already in 2012, I started a company, uh, an oh. Enkelman's Viaxum Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, sole proprietor company, for those who don't understand what that yeah, is. Yeah, sole <laughs> proprietor, yes, yes. Uh, so, I mean, I, I already knew uh, that I was going to use a lot of time mm-hmm. uh, of, of, of my mid-age life in Denmark. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I settled in so quickly. Ah, so that kind of helped you just sort of <laughs> commit, <laughs> in a sense. Yeah, sort of, or exactly. Like... To 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 program myself that wh- whatever uh, whatever the choice I take uh, in the future, this block of time from when he's zero to fifteen, eighteen, mm-hmm. has to be invested in him. Uh, I have to invest myself in him, in his life. And of course, when my daughter came two years later it became more concrete uh, because when when she came when 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 she when 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 she was on the way we were actually working in zambia i had a, a job in zambia an expert job in zambia and then uh, when 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 my wife was seven months uh, expecting we we decided to return to denmark to have my daughter 
Uh, and I think all, all all those moves and accepting to move back and of course with challenges of not getting a job and learning the language and still having an accent that stops you and not having a uh, you know not having a professional shot or uh, a, a, a fair shot on professional jobs because you can't write reports and etc. Uh, still the decision was. I will invest myself in this and, and navigate the job market, do English-related jobs, do cleaning jobs if that's what it takes, do stints there and there. But then those years would mean that I have given my kids a fair chance to, 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 to understand their mother country. And 10 years go by, you have a family here, you have your own company and you create Coming to the Nordics. Yeah, and and I think I think it's coming to the Nordics um, relates very much with the exact thought of I mean the question you just asked before, if if we have settled in or or how long it took us to settle in, right? Uh, or it takes took me to settle in. Uh, you know, when I came, you you have exactly the same narrative of what is settling in or as as politics and policy wants to define it integration mm-hmm. uh, and i remember already in 2015 when i started working with an organization crossing borders as an a program coordinator mm-hmm. uh, i was working with a project on integration inclusion and i remember that time every time someone was talking about integration i would tell them no it's not integration you're talking about you are talking about inclusion Mm-hmm. Because uh, when you define integration uh, as you learning the language uh, and being perfect at it and not making mistakes in relation to accent and etc, and you having a perfect job, and you then you actually are talking about assimilation. Mm-hmm. So, but instead of changing the word integration into assimilation, then I would call out people and say, don't talk about integration because you'll never integrate. Uh, it's, a, it's, a whole life, uh, it's a whole life thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, even Dens are still integrating. Uh, I mean, winter comes and it shocks them and they <laughs> had just over the next few months. Yeah. Um, but what you need to think about in relation to migrants is inclusion. Mm-hmm. And inclusion then means that you open up spaces uh, or you help them to see spaces in that community uh, to fit in. And that, that, that then would mean that instead of you defining inclusion as having a perfect job, uh, then inclusion can be that actually someone is a cleaner, but he's accepted that way because it's a part of inclusion. Um, uh, or someone is not as educated. but So th- that, that, that has been a journey that I have taken trying to understand the words. Uh, so in 2018, we started Civil Connections as an NGO. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we wanted to do was an, a podcast called Africa Dela. Mm-hmm. Uh, the idea was Africa Dela should, should be, and it will come soon. It's, it's Africa uh, or Africans coming, African migrants, mm-hmm. and, and the word Fricadella. Uh, which is a, a, a typical Danish meat pie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and we, we, we want to make a, a, something that without you saying integration or inclusion, you can say, well, we are actually doing Africadella. We are getting Africans together with the Danish culture mm-hmm. and we are creating 
a, a, a space for these people to actually be part of this society. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, then we decided to uh, seek for funding. And when we got funding, we actually decided to change the topic to coming to the Nordics. Mm -hmm. So coming to the Nordics, back to your question, coming to the Nordics is basically trying to show both the migrants and the locals in the Nordic countries that it doesn't matter whether people are speaking perfect Danish or perfect in, in English or Norwegian or Swedish. Mm -hmm. But what matters is that people get up every morning and are part of the society's lifestyle, everyday life. And I give examples. I've lived here for 11 years. I have two kids. My son is 11. My daughter is 12. There is nothing Ugandan about them. Mm -hmm. They are Danes. Uh, and if you accept them as Danes and they are defined in their schools as Danes, then it's, isn't it tragic or problematic than then, that then their father, who makes food for them every day, washes them every day, has changed their diapers for the last many years, uh, guides them on every day, uh, every day basis, tells them Danish values and culture to say that he's not integrated mm. or not included. So we are trying to look at stories of migrants and to understand their every day. And through looking at stories like that, then go back to ask our question, then what do we mean when we say inclusion mm -hmm. or integration? Do we want assimilation or do we actually want to include or integrate, which would mean that we take every day by peace and we actually say, hey, this guy with two kids that are 100% Danish should be 100% Danish because he's raising them. Mm -hmm. Or a Ghanaian mother that has given birth to those kids, yes, she doesn't speak Danish, fluent Danish, she still struggles, but she's again the person that makes the mail pack or food packs for them to go to school. She, they come home, she washes their clothes every day. She, she's, she maybe has a cleaning job somewhere in a restaurant, but she puts food for them on the table to develop these Danish citizens. Uh, should we demand more than that? Or should we actually maybe open up the space to say, you know what, we actually shouldn't demand more, help them continue doing exactly that with uh, with more freedom uh, and encouragement so that's what uh, coming to nanotics is trying to do that people have come from places they have stayed here by staying and 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 contributing to everyday development of citizens or doing jobs in this society or cleaning for example uh, public toilets or whatever they do they actually contribute to our everyday of the Nordic society. And I think that is integration. Do you think there's maybe too big of a focus on, um, like, I think the narrative uh, can sometimes be sort of either you hear negative stories about uh, uh, immigrants yeah. or you hear, or you only hear the sort of the really big success stories, like, uh, uh, you know, someone uh, becoming, uh, I don't know, uh, famous or very rich or very successful in some kind of uh, content uh, context yeah. here in Denmark. Like there's yeah. not really maybe room or there's no uh, media space for these sort of normal, normal, everyday, yeah. 
you know yeah. working immigrants yeah. uh, who you know yes makes yeah. makes yeah. makes the food or does yeah. the dishes or has yeah. a job I'm, I'm and happy, so that there's I'm no happy you ask this <laughs> yeah. I'm happy I'm happy you asked this because I think uh, maybe all you've been part of our discussions we when we were designing the the storyline for coming to the Nordics and who we were going to interview we intentionally decided not to start with the so-called success stories mm. as defined by the public in Denmark because what is success you know the the, yeah. the the moment you define success based on what some people believe you're back to the same trap as defining integration based on what Paldan would want um so i remember we had this discussion within the coordinating group and we said you know success can also be a woman that has never gone to school or has gone to high school in Ghana or Uganda and comes to Denmark and is able to get a kitchen job and struggles a lot with learning the language but then she starts speaking a little bit of the language and understanding an everyday context and is able to raise her kids is able to go to factor on netto and shop and put basics in the in the home it doesn't need to be that she became a rock star Yeah, 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 yeah. And most Danes are not rock stars, so <laughs> no, <laughs> you know? no, like neither. If we're talking no. about assimilation, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. Uh, yeah. In my time working with you, Andrew, I've heard you talk about social contracts. Can you tell us a little bit about what you mean by that? Yes, uh, you know when when you come to Denmark, uh, at least for me and for many people, you you know. In the start, of course, you are temporarily here. You get a temporary permit, uh, and the temporary, the letter you get says, "Well, if you do not fulfill these things, if you do not do not learn the language, if you, for example, I came, I got married to a Dane. Well, if you, if you can only get extended your permit, or you can get a permanent residence if you're still living on the same address with this uh, woman or man, uh, if you learn the language and you have three and a half years to do this, if you if you beat your kids, then we will throw you out. If you, you need to show that you're socially active and engaging in the public life, uh, and that of course comes with things like volunteering or job ac- active in the job market and etc. So there's this criteria, the demands the, the, that you need to fulfill in order for you to either get an extended permit or a permanent permit, and especially so for the permanent permit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what I call the, the, the social contract. And when, when we are asking people in coming to the Nordics, it's, it's a central thing because the whole integration system believes that people are integrated when you have done you you when you have worked three and a half years of the last five years when you have passed uh, the dench language pd3 when you have um, when you're still living in the marriage uh, you said uh, for 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 family reunification that you would you would be reunified and stay in denmark for and 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 and, and of course we we try to fulfill that contract because that's the statutory need uh, but we also discuss the challenges in that Uh, and and what, what, how people have navigated that because it's not just uh, learning the language within the three and a half allotted years, but it's also you 
continuing to be seen and seeing meaning with learning the language and seeing meaning with being in this mm. society. It's, it's, it's not about you uh, working three and a half years, but you being proud and being successful on being part of the workforce and just not just working and, and being a, a robot, as I would sometimes call it. Yeah. So we, we, we ask that question a lot because we want to try to get people to create their own narrative of, all right, uh, Andrew, you came in and you had three and a half uh, years out of the five years before you became a permanent resident. Did you just choose jobs that would kick off that box? Or how did you navigate it? Yeah. Did you actually uh, decide to go to school? I decided to do that because at that time you could go to school and still earn the points. <laughs> uh, or, or did you... Did you uh, do cleaning jobs all through or did you navigate and actually got something that you liked to work with? Uh, because it's also part of people feeling at home, feeling integrated. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so what I hear you saying uh, is it's sort of a two-way street in that sense. You all sort of immigrants also have to sort of take ownership of their own narrative to some extent. and sort of. Exactly. Yeah, okay. okay. Exactly. Because I think when, and, and, and this also a discussion I take out uh, with, 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 the, with the commune system, people that are case workers in the communes and ETC with integration in, in, with the migrants, that it's one thing for me to receive a letter at home which has these six points. Uh, well, you do this, you do this, you do this, you're counted as uh, ready to be integrated into our society. Uh, but... What, what if you actually take it on the other side also and say, what could be interesting uh, for you in, the, in this? What, 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 would, what makes you happy? Mm. Um, I, I could elaborate a bit. I mean, one of my first jobs I did in Denmark was in uh, Vascari. It's, it's a washing in a basement. It's a, a washing service. So you would come in in the morning at six and uh, people, it's in a school. Then I would come in the morning and then uh, people that were struggling with drug problems and ETC would come with their clothes or cars would go to their houses and pick those clothes and bring them. And then I, we would come in and wash the clothes and roll them and put them uh, aside for... for. The, the thing is that in my skin as a black man, uh, all, my, all my co-workers then saw me as a junkie because many of the people that were getting Vyaksamas practice in this place were actually junkies. They were being integrated back after struggling with abuse, mm. uh, drug abuse. Uh, and I, rem I remember telling my boss at that time that I really, really love this job uh, because it's putting me into the job market, but it's not a good job for me. It will not help me to integrate because I'm seen wrongly. This is not the person you're seeing. So I wish I had been heard at that point or by my caseworker and by my boss at that job and say, well, if we are actually going to integrate you faster, then we need to take you away from this job because it's instead pulling you down mm -hmm. uh, and putting more stress on your journey than, than leaving me there because then we have signed the contract and I need to stay there for six months before I change that. So, so there, there is that flexibility in the system that if you're really willing to help people to fit in, then the, those first years and months especially are so critical for them to feel in place. 
uh, and then yeah. later find their place. But but, uh, but do you, do you find there is that flexibility? Because um, I mean, I I think that's a very I totally understand this approach to sort of. Um, that like you're not just gonna you're not gonna sort of uh, feel uh, integrated uh, right away and that's gonna take time uh, yes. you need to feel included or sort of um, yeah, yes. part yes. of something at least um, uh, as you said sort of at least in, uh, some kind of inclusion into society I think that's the yes. first step before you can even start thinking about immigration and yes and you are in Denmark kind of a little bit pushed into yeah low-end jobs um And you should say if that doesn't, if that in like your situation at the uh, place where you were washing uh, clothes, like if that the narrative from that your colleagues and and such is to put you in a in a in a box as a as a as a junkie or whatever it was, like, but do you find there is that flexibility to to say well this this job is is uh, affecting me negatively? It's not the the actual work, but it's the narrative I'm being or the box I'm being put in. Do you find there is that flexibility in in the immigration system in Denmark? That was I a very don't big think question. so. <laughs> I say it's a big question, um, and I will ask, answer it. I think on two fronts. The first front is no, I don't think so, mm. because it's a bureaucratic system. Yeah, it's it's been set up to you ask for an internship, you ask for a a, a vaccine practice, then mm. we put you in one. Yeah. Uh, and of course, if you were Dane and you didn't like it and you knew exactly what your rights were, you would drop out after two weeks because it's not it's not fulfilling. It's not making you happy. When you come as Andrew, 30 years, 29 years old, and you're given this chance, it's a short on the job market. However distressful it is, however negatively affecting it is, it's so difficult for you to pull out the empowerment to get out of the job or even call your casework and say hey look yeah. this is not this is not building me because you do not have that empowerment you haven't been uh, introduced to you can do this if you don't like it come back and we talk about it mm. so it's a bureaucracy system that is there and one of the things and the, the other thing i wanted to ask uh, to, to answer is it's possible to change it and It's possible to change it in this way. I've talked to different two, two, two different caseworkers. One who had a lot of experience with migrants, uh, and when they came to his desk, he would say, "Well, you know, Andrew, you have the, the following choices, right? You could go into an internship in this place, uh, and if you if you don't like it, you also have this option. And if you don't like it, you have this option, right? So should we start by trying that? And remember, you can choose to." Try this and try this and try this. It's on your side to come back to me and say, well, it's not working. Or I can come into your job and actually talk to your boss and say, hey, because I mean, for me, I would never do that because back home, my culture is you don't complain about your boss or your workplace. Uh, and the other thing about the second option is that if, and, and that's the second worker. The, the second worker, let me say, is called Kala. Kala is, is 25 years just graduated in university, has studied migration studies, and gets a job as a caseworker. Kala has never moved out of Denmark, or Europe, let's say, has never met a Ghanaian guy. Uh, and then uh, a Ghanaian guy, 30 years old, has never left Ghana. He's coming to Denmark for the first time. All his life he has been told, 
white people are superior because that's what colonialism has created. They are richer, they are better, they are. So we migrate to their countries to find a better life. Tell me, what chance has color got in that relationship to help Kofi? Yeah, that's a... uh, But what if you opened up the box and say, well, the first two months of your integration story is not to place you in a job, but to talk about possibilities and to also tell you what your rights could be in this journey. Because then Kofi could say, well, you know what? Let me try, because, you know, it's, it's not only the Vascari, the washing place I worked in. I also worked in different cafes. I also, I also worked as a fluteman. We were mm. moving uh, people moving from apartment to apartment, and I broke my back. But even with the breaking my back, I thought that that job was more meaningful. Uh, I worked with a boss called uh, Tobin, and you would meet up and say, Andra, you fresh today? Are you ready? Remember to take care of your body, because, you know, if you break, we are going to cover you, but it, then you have lost your body, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and in Denmark, you, this, uh, you, you need the right shoes, you need this, you need so. So there was a space of empowerment. And he, he would actually say, well, if you find that the fridge is, not, is so heavy, heavy, you can't carry it, then we need to also, you need to call us because then we will talk to the person we are moving to be able to talk about the conditions of your work. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know, it's a long explanation, but you, you, you get the narrative. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, you answered that quite <laughs> well. <laughs> it wasn't an easy question. Well, thank you very much for taking time to speak to us, Andrew. Uh, we're very excited to listen to Coming to the Nordics. And thank you very much for your insight. Uh, we better leave you go because I understand that it's um, the music night tonight and uh, you're in charge of percussion. And from my experience, I can safely say that you have little to no sense of rhythm. So uh, we're going to leave you uh, practice. Thank you so much. You're not wrong at all. You're right. I'm, I'm terrible. I'm terrible. I suck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you for so much for talking to us, Andrew. You're welcome. You're welcome. And thank you for the opportunity. Big thanks to uh, Andrew for uh, giving us some time. Sounded lovely with all the birds chirping in the background. <laughs> How idyllic. Are you being sarcastic? No, or? I've never been to a high school, actually. Really? I've always had this, like, ah, that's something the uh, the, the slightly older people than, than myself do. Aha, uh-huh, okay. Uh, but I might be coming of age to uh, to uh, do my first high school. Well, you are 72 now. I, mean, I am I mean, 72, it's yeah. Like, it's not, if it's now or never, I mean, literally, you're like, you know, spring chicken boy. Uh, yeah, I, I, I like the idea of a, a writer's retreat. Oh, yeah, that would be amazing. That'd though. be nice. Yeah. I'm not a writer. No, but that's, you know, go. I think that's the cool thing about high school. It's like, it's a, anyone, you don't have to have any skill sets in whatever arts or whatever it is you're going to do. Yeah. Uh, you can just rock up and uh, you're catered for, like you pay for the, you know, you have a place to stay, yeah. the food and sort of is typically included and sort of is a nice way of meeting new people. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, But also uh, Andrew's project coming to Nordics was fascinating to talk to him, talk about as well. Yeah, <laughs> that's why we had him on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, uh, we're going to be um, promoting that when it, when the uh, website's up and running and everything like that. So um, uh, stay tuned for more information about that. Yeah, and if you have a podcast project um, and uh, you want some guidance, uh, feel free to contact us. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Owen loves it. <laughs> I do. I do. I, I, I we we are we are um, all for 
promotion and uh, collaboration and working together on these projects. Uh, I really loved working with Andrew and um, meeting uh, some fascinating people with some excellent stories. I had the privilege of recording some of the interviews myself. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. not in it. I'm not doing the talking talk, but um, I like helped out with the equipment and stuff. So, yep. Um, cool. Very cool. Yeah. Do you know what else is cool? No. Marius is hot tips. What are your hot tips? There's your segue. You uh, want the one? I wanted a segue. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, on the hot tip uh, menu um, uh, this weekend. Uh, oh yeah. All of them are this weekend. Oh yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, first up, uh, latch, which is sort of a a, um, a thing on a gate. But also, <gasps> they um, create sort of oh, curate um, music events, typically uh, within uh, electronic music. Yeah. And uh, Latch presents uh, content um, with K. So, yeah, that's not that important. One of Romania's exuberant exports, Vlad uh, Arapasu, a producer within uh, Minimal House, is coming to Denmark. Uh, he's uh, yeah, he's traveled the world, uh, has uh, over 14 years of experience, sort of playing at uh, venues uh, around the world. He is coming uh, to Denmark, uh, and uh, it's a secret location. Ah, uh, and when I is it? It's uh, this Saturday at 6 p.m. Uh, tickets are 120 kroner, so you need to have a Corona pass okay. or uh, uh, have a vaccination. Uh, so uh, there, everything is in order in that sense. Yeah. But uh, I'm excited about it because it's a secret location. I love these secret location uh, 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 raves or parties. Do you know uh, where it is? No, it's a secret location. But how do you find out? Well, uh, you buy a ticket. Here's I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take a wild guess as to where it is. Yeah, I'm gonna take a wild guess. Okay, it's gonna be Reffen. Reffen. It's gonna be in a hangar at Reffen. I don't think so. Really? I think it's an outdoor thing. Where's it gonna? Where, where would you put it if you were putting it somewhere? Oh, I would. Uh, I'm not gonna reveal that. Oh, because you have you have your secret raves. Yeah. On the side. On the side. Also, like, so if you want us to help you with a podcast, contact us. If you want us to help you organize secret raves, contact Marius. He seems <laughs> to be doing that as well. I mean, no, I just know. Of got a few, great locations. Few, I've been at a few secret. Uh, uh, oh yeah. Raves in my day. Oh yeah. Um, Maybe it is. I don't. I don't know. Maybe it is at Reffen, but yeah. I, I would guess it's not. Cool. Um, but yes, Saturday, 6 p.m. Uh, go to Latch Presents Content uh, on Facebook. Cool. We'll throw up a link to it. Nice. Then, uh, if uh, that could be a perfect sort of uh, after thing after your uh, Saturday uh, minimal house uh, party, you could go to Gaucha's official launch party and get some uh, get a Latin Sunday with some empanadas, some music, and some drinks. Yeah. This is uh, Sunday uh, at four out in uh, Sudhaun, uh, the s- uh, Southern Harbor tip uh-huh. at the uh, Bullhound Scale uh, 44D. And uh, Gauchas, uh, they are like Argentinians who are very passionate about empanadas, but also about sort of Argentinian culture, and they're trying to sort of create a little bit of Argentinian culture vibe happening. Argentina won the uh, Latin Cup. They did. They so did. it's going to be a big fe- festival there. I could imagine they're very happy. Yeah. Yes. So um, and uh, I love I love empanadas. Mm. So if you got a friend who who uh, keeps talking about empanadas, drag him out there. <laughs> if you got a friend who thinks he's good at tanko, drag him out there. Uh huh. If you got a friend, drag him out there. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Gotchas. Um, on uh, Sunday. Uh, finally. You could also uh, on Sunday uh, also at four. Um, so you got to make a choice. You got to make a choice. About okay. Too. You could go uh, together with the organizers. Uh, wild spices, maybe herbs. Mm. Um, 
their summer mushroom hunt. Ooh. You can go find a delicate uh, edible mushrooms like uh, the classic champignon yep. or the uh, porcino yep. or the cantarelles oh. and even more funkier ones as well. Oh. Yes. Uh, there will be a sort of a instructor who will guide you so you're not going to eat anything you shouldn't eat and uh, okay, good. And, and die. <laughs> good. Um, Something I do. But you do need to bring your own mushroom basket and mushroom knife. Is that just a basket and a knife? That's just a basket. Is there and a, a special knife? mushroom basket and a mushroom <laughs> knife? I think the basket is uh, has to be a woven basket because you got to look the part. You got to look the part. You got maybe maybe it needs to be a particular type of basket because you need to leave the spores fall through. Oh, to 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 like to to get to, back to, 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 yeah <laughs> to nature to give back give back once in a while yeah for fuck's sake just stop taking just, just taking stop, get just back it's not all about take <laughs> oh giving this is a uh, uh, 150 kroners uh, it's free for children so if you want to bring uh, your child along mm. then it, that is free mm. and uh, uh, you have to find uh, it's out in Kestrup uh, but they're starting at a cafe called Cafe Cobra out in Amar cool yes yes I've always wanted to go on a mushroom hunt Far- foraging would be fun right yeah yeah yeah. I, I know I have chef Friends who 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 do that who forage yeah. yeah and they like properly like give gifts of the really nice stuff they find to people and stuff like that oh nice <laughs> no I would love that uh, it actually reminds me I heard uh heard this fascinating story today sort of speaking of foraging and being able to sort of live off the land a little yeah. bit um it's a uh, it's a story about uh five children like it's kind of the real um oh, what is that film and book um where children are stuck on a, a deserted island and sort of just start... Lord killing. of the Flies. Lord of the Flies. Mm. This is the real Lord of the Flies. Oh, right? What? Five children, they get lost at sea. They steal a fishing boat because they want to go to Fiji. Um, what the fuck? What is this? Yes, they steal a fishing boat. Uh, <laughs> and uh, then there's they're sort of... Uh, uh, this, uh, the sail is ripped in a storm. Yeah. So they are floating at sea for eight days. And uh-huh. they manage to sort of survive and sort of... Uh, Um, sort of, they don't have any food. They don't eat for eight days, but they manage to sort of uh, get rainwater and salt water and sort of st- uh, make it drinkable by okay. sort of cooking it or something. I can't remember exactly yeah. how they did that. But then they wash ashore on a on an island, a volcanic island. Yeah. <laughs> and for 15 months, they survive there. But not only survive, they actually kind of thrive. Like there is no Lord of the Flies, they start attacking each other. Yeah. Uh, one of their mates has like because they were boiling water and mm. he there's a wave and while they're at sea, he his whole leg is sort of uh, burnt, burnt by burning water, so yeah. they have to take care of him. Uh, quite luckily, there has been people. There used to be sort of a local tribe on this island. They were later then taken as slaves, sadly. Uh, but that means there are like wild chickens roaming and stuff like that. So so they can sort of find food. Why? Uh, what? And they. They lived there for 15 months, and like it's a uh, it's five boys, and like they're some of them are 19, and one is one of them is 15, and uh, they manage to just sort of they they they're quite religious, um, but they have like evening prayer, and they they say sort of have timeouts whenever they get in conflicts, and sort of they really sort of manage to live quite well, and the the they get a medical check once they're sort of uh, where, where, come off the island. Where did this come from, man? We were talking about. Picking mushrooms and mama. Yeah, but that, but 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 the, the interesting thing is because they lived 
sort of on on another island and sort of they were used to living off the land and yeah. sort of knew how to sort of uh, build shelters and sort so of So you're saying we should food we should stuff. go do this learn how to do this because I was just incredibly like fascinated by yeah. this. I was like wow that sounds what an amazing experience to have. And it's it's, it's a how how did you, is it a uh, there was a podcast. Podcast right yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um But yeah, like if yeah, search for the the, the real Lord of the Flies. It's a fascinating right? story, okay. really fascinating story. Um, and uh, yeah, like the, they got this medical check, and they they were they very healthy coming off that island. Wow. Yeah. So fascinating. Uh, they, yeah, I thought it was very cool. Okay. All right. Another yeah. hot tip then. Just wanted to share that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. All You're right. Welcome. Um, I suppose that's it now, is it? Uh, I think that is. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. Bye.